Welcome back to Girls Locker Room. Have you been searching for a show that you can grab a glass, get comfortable, and unwind with? Well, look no further because you found it. If you are new here, I am your host, Rianne, another 20-something-year-old woman learning and navigating the ups and downs of life. On this week's episode, we will talk about my golden year and how much fun I'm going to have. <laughs> so grab your glass, get comfortable, and step into the locker room as we unwind together. Welcome back to another episode of Girls Locker Room. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I hope you all had a great couple of weeks, great weekend. Hope the weather's good where you are. Um, yeah, so this past weekend was my birthday. Yes, I am officially 26. It is also my golden year. So I turned 26 on March 26 and I could not be more unready for year 26. Honestly, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm not going to sit up here like, oh, I was like, let's get lit. Let's have a good time. No, I was on edge the entire weekend and everything went to plan. I just, things just did not roll out the way that I thought they would, but they still, it still was a great weekend. It was a very good weekend, very good times. It was very small for me. Um, well, Yes, it was small. I had a nice dinner, but it was small in terms of not having my entire family around like I usually do. So that was a little new for me. Um, I didn't go all out like it wasn't an all it wasn't an all weekend thing like I typically do either because I really just wanted to chill this year. I didn't really have it because I had plans to be somewhere else and that fell through. Um, so I was kind of just picking myself back up from how my travel plans went and how things just didn't come into play, even though I had moved things around, but can't beat up on yourself about the past. Right. So, but not only was it my birthday, it was actually girls locker rooms birthday as well. So if you are new and just joining the locker May family and didn't know who I was two years ago, well, welcome. <laughs> I appreciate you being a part of the Locker Maid fam, and hopefully we can make this family a lot bigger over the next couple years, months preferably, but God gives those blessings. So, but anywho, on March 26, 2020, right after St. Louis officially went into lockdown, I was on my couch. It was my birthday. I had absolutely nowhere to go because, again, everything was shut down, um, and I had a glass of wine. And so I'm sitting there drinking my wine, not doing a damn thing. And I dawned on me, I have been talking about starting this podcast for a long time and I really wanted to jump in, but I wanted to do it perfect. And at that moment, I was like, what better time than right now? I'm doing absolutely nothing. I'm off of work. It's my birthday. There's nothing I can do. So I opened up my beautiful little anchor app that I had downloaded like maybe a week or two before I had decided to go ahead and do it. And, um, and I just pressed record and the rest was history, but I did that exactly on my birthday. If you want to hear that episode, it is my very first episode called birthday special. So happy two years to girls locker room. I am so proud of my progression from my first day recording. Look at me. I'm in front of a camera. Um, and I was on my couch with my phone on a pillow and I was recording from there. I had absolutely no idea what I was going to talk about. I actually just talked about how I wanted the show to roll out and what I wanted, 
my brand to be and to see me still in it after two years I can't do anything but applaud myself because I'll be honest I am when it comes to things I jump around like a rabbit like I don't say a job's long (laughs) I don't stay in interest long I just don't sit still for the most part at all so me sitting still with this for two years is definitely a big accomplishment for me um and I enjoy it like I, I enjoy it more than I thought I would like I said, the progression is like right here in your face. I'm literally on video cameras. So, and I, that was the vision at first. And that was one of the reasons why I did not really want to do it. Cause I wanted to do it through YouTube first. And so I guess what I'm trying to do is be a testament to if you have a dream or you have something you want to do, like my dad told me this while I was prepping for it and I did not want to listen, but take it from me. If you've been thinking about doing podcasts, any type of content creating or anything, period, just get up and do it. Just get up and leave because beautiful things come from just doing it. Beautiful things come from just trying. And if I wouldn't have tried this, I wouldn't be here two years later. Um, but yes, I I just I'm super happy and I, I hope many more years for my show and success for my show and just growth from the industry period. Um, I love media and that was another reason why I decided to start it because I actually love the industry of media. I studied for it, um, but I wanted to do something on my own terms, my own rules and sticking to my own brand and no one else's. And this came from it. And as the backdrop, (laughs) I am so excited. It's, It's literally, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about how 59 episodes later and here I am by myself which is a feat in itself um having a show by yourself quite difficult but I get it done and it was a lot of trials and tribulations and I've I've messed up along the ways I have not been consistent I there were moments where I was not consistent um trying to be stubborn and go against the grain and you know, you want to be different. You want to be different in, in an industry that is so much talent, so many lanes, and, you know, so many bigger names. And I won't lie, in the process of my two years, this maybe was around, like, year one, that I was having a lot of, like, frustration. Like, I was having so much fucking frustration because I was just like, it's big name after big name after big name after big name, just buying podcast equipment. I'm already small. I'm already little. How the hell am I going to fit against these big ass brands that all of a sudden want their own podcast because that's what's trending. And again, I have to attest to my dad. Um, my dad is also in media, but he was just like, because they're going to fall off. And he wasn't saying it as if these people wouldn't make it. He was just like, as any other trend, you're going to have a, a great climb and everybody's going to jump on the trend. And then some people are just going to fall by the wayside because it's it's harder than what it looks like. And I think that's where I've been proud of myself that I haven't been a part of that fall off even after my frustrations. Because when you're frustrated, you, you decide to say to yourself, this isn't realistic. I'm not going to get there. And I still have those days because, again, I am still a smaller brand that wants to become bigger and is working towards that. But that comes with it. Like the growth comes with it. I was uh, listening to some of my episodes back when and the sound quality is different. The The way I flow through the episodes are different. The timing of my episodes is different. I look back on some of them and can't believe that I was talking for an hour on some by myself. And I know I was for sure, for sure rambling. So 
it just, it comes, like I said, it comes with being on a show by yourself because you have to find a way to find what works for you and find like who you are in all the fluff. And that again, is still something that I'm doing, but I am very proud of where I sit after two years. And I'm just hoping that I get better with it as the days go by. So that's one thing. And so happy birthday to my baby, to my show, the thing that I created. Um, And I definitely like want to thank all of you who are listening. Uh, My small little family of of 20. (laughs) Um, But I do want to thank you guys. No, seriously, because I get, I don't get like subscription, like I don't get submission emails. I don't get reviews or anything like that, which is fine though. Those will come in time. And sometimes when you don't hear it, you don't think you're touching people or you don't think that people are hearing you and they are. And I'll get messages from people and they'll be like, oh my God, your show is great. I loved it. And they'll tell me the exact concept that I wanted to push out for my brand. And it makes me feel so good. Like, I really want this show to feel like one of the homegirls that you just rolling up, popping your glass of wine or whatever you choose to drink, hell, whatever you choose to roll, whatever you choose to do while you listen to me. And we just chit chat like homegirls. That is really the vibe for me and what I choose and what I want to do. And so knowing that my concept has touched on makes me so freaking excited. So again, I thank you all and happy two years to us. Happy two years to the Locker Mates, period. We're family. Um, I am working on opening or creating a separate email. I had one, but I want to create another one so that we can talk, so that I can have like topics that you guys want me to hit on, even if it's a small amount of my Locker Mates family. I I really want us to be a family note for real. Like I really want this to be a platform for other people to like throw ideas and talk to me. Like let's do it. So that was what my weekend was about. Um, so yeah, I rambled a little bit there, but I just I had to say happy birthday to the show because yes. So um what's trending? Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> so the Oscars. <laughs> I'm going to be another voice that's talking about the Oscars and I have, I didn't watch the Oscars. Let's talk about that. I did not watch the Oscars ever since I moved out into my own home and I've been using good old Roku. I haven't really been watching awards. Like you can still stream them when you have a Roku. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. You can definitely still do that. I just do not. I have not done a lot of award shows. And so I've been like watching like the tweets, like people, I tweet watch, let's say that I watched the, I watched the Oscars through Twitter. Yep. That's what I did. So I'm on uh, Instagram and I'm looking at the shade room because it's also a good way for me to like, look and see who won. Cause I will say that they do that. So as I'm scrolling to see what categories won, what, what did what Will Smith and Chris Rock. It's all I see. And it took me and I was like, hold on. Was that supposed to be a bite? Like a sound bite, a joke or something? What's going on? And I realized that it wasn't. Um, and so it's been a lot of controversy within the, the black community period about um, should he have done that? Um, he could have said what he said and just left it at that. Did he have to resort to violence? So here's my take on it. 
when I first saw the clip, I didn't see the clip with the joke in it. I just saw the slap and him saying for Chris to keep Jada's name out of his mouth. And I'm going to start from there because it, it, it wasn't until I went on Twitter and saw the actual clip that I was like, okay, but I'm going to start from there. Jada and Chris, ooh, excuse me, Jada and Will have literally been the subject of so many news headlines for the past year. Like, they have been subjected to unruly comments about their marriage, about her, their kids, him, all of that. I don't even want to know what that feels like. And I get it. They're celebrities. When you put yourself out there, you got to be understanding that you're going to get some ridicule back. Totally understand that. But we are all still human. And I don't know what that would feel like being the butt of a joke, being a meme, being a conversation, and having to ignore it. And then doing it with your peers. That's a whole nother thing. So... From where Jada was sitting, especially since she just came out and said she was sick and that she was dealing with alopecia, which is a immune compromising uh, disease or disorder. And you're still sick. You know what I'm saying? You're still sick. Your body can't do what it's supposed to do. And having that joke, that joke was tasteless. And I, and I don't care what anybody say, comedians make jokes, they're supposed to do that, but it's like, not, not this fresh when she literally just came out and announced it. Like, I think it was in within the last three months that she announced publicly what she was going through. We know that her and her daughter take beautiful stances when it comes to their hair. Um, so that's nothing new, but we don't know what that thought process was when she decided to shave her head. And so then she came out and said what it was. So I feel like Chris was very tasteless with that joke. It shouldn't have been said, especially on live TV. Definitely shouldn't have been said. And I didn't know that they had history, but that is not a factor in what I'm saying. But I just, I don't, I just would, I understand how that feels to like kind of be the butt of a joke constantly and not like, not be able to bite back on it. So I'm going to bring Will into it. Because that was, that was before I even... That was before I even saw the clip. So then I see the clip and I see Jada's face and she looks utterly disgusted by the joke. She looks annoyed and and irritated by the joke. And Will does, you know, snicker a little bit. But I think, I think the duty of him being a husband and probably noticing, we don't, we don't know what that interaction was when he realized that she didn't care for the joke. Cause you can't see that of course. But I wonder if he looked over and saw how uncomfortable she was and thought, okay, well, let me protect her as my wife because that is what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm not going to say that I agree with smacking Chris. I probably would have still said, hey, chill out, watch your mouth and all of that. I probably still would have said all that. Um, but I don't know if I would have resorted to slapping him, you know, but I'm not Will. So I don't know if that was also his frustration from them being the butt of the joke for the last year, who knows? And I know that some people were, were saying that he should have like, you know, minded the company he was in. And that is where I'm going to go to. Cause that's been the topic on Twitter for most of the day. I think what's dangerous is to say, we already have this stereotype. Why push it? And we're not the only, we're human. And our white counterparts have also done things unprofessional. They have also fought 
in public places, made an ass out of themselves. That's not subjected to just the black community. And I think what's very dangerous of the community is to subject him to that. If we feel like, okay, yes, that was the wrong place, wrong time, definitely say that. But to be like, he embarrassed the black community, he embarrassed us, we're not going to be able to go back to the Oscars. They already don't want us in these spaces to begin with. And it's just like, but some of the best movies that's been coming out lately are from people of color. So I don't understand. Like, I, it really, they wouldn't have a choice but to bring these people back because that's what's been pushed out lately. But anywho, um, I just think it's it's kind of weird to have that rhetoric to be like, um, he acted an ass in front of company and all of that. And it's just like, how, how many years do y'all think this man has won to an Oscars? Like, he's been nominated. He's just never won. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like that's not, you know, that's not really something to say, especially when, I, like I said, I feel like he was protecting his home. He was protecting his wife. I don't think the initial thought was, okay, I'm around all these white folks. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the last thing on his mind was, I'm around these white people, so I need to make sure I'm on my best behavior. I think his first duty-bound thing to himself was to protect his to protect his wife and to protect her feelings, especially when dealing with it. And I did not know, and I'm not, I'm not sure if this is true or not because I saw the tweet, saw the report, and then it was deleted not too long ago. But I know New York Times had put out that he actually kind of pushed for it. Well, not push for it, but encouraged her to do it. And you don't know what it takes for someone to have, to be ill and decide they're going to do that, especially for women when hair is a big part of our identity. And to be losing it in the way that she is, it's kind of like, damn. And I know stress don't add to it with the added stress of them being the butt of the joke. So, so yeah, that's that's my thought. I, I mean, I understand things happen. I mean, I thought it was very, I thought it was very honorable and commendable of his his peers pulling him to the side and, and understanding. Like, okay, I get that you had an emotional reaction, but we do have to watch that. You know what I'm saying? You do have to kind of bring it there, and 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 it coming from Denzel is a beautiful thing. Um, reports are saying that Denzel stated to him, "You have to mind yourself when you're at your highest moments, because that's when the devil comes for you." But that ain't nothing but the truth, though. Um, it's just that was just amazing that they did it right there at that moment. Um, I know some people feel like he should apologize to Chris. I think that'll come in due time. But with the history of what Chris and Jada, what that last show that he he hosted in 2016, I don't know if we get in that. And if you didn't see the clip of that, go to YouTube and do that. Um, he, It was when Jada and Will decided not to go to the Oscars, not to go to the awards and boycott it. And he just had some very colorful statements about her being a proud wife of her husband. So... There's that in a room full of her peers, nonetheless. So you, you never know what their history is. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll be getting an apology. And if he is, it's probably not one that we're going to see. So, um, but that is what's trending um, for, for right now. So let's get into things that I'm obsessed with and things that I'm obsessed with. Um, I took off from work <laughs> for a few days for my birthday just to get some R&R. And in my R&R, y'all know I watched Bridgerton. Okay, so here's a cute fun fact about me. <laughs> I love a time period piece. Love it. 
Love it, love it, love it. One of my favorite movies is Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I love it. I love it. I will watch Mr. Darcy and uh, Old Babes. I can't think of her name right now, but I will get back to you. But I love Pride and Prejudice. I even read the book. I absolutely love a good time piece. Um, my favorite show is The Tudors. Uh, what else? What other show that I was obsessed with? Um, oh, Marie Antoinette. That's another one of my good faves. No, no, them words up and down. I just love a good time piece. And so when Bridgerton came out, it's a Shonda Land production. And when it came out for its first season, it took the world by storm because of Mr. Reggae Jean Paul. And he is beautiful fine delectable and so the girls wanted to see him on screen the love story was great um despite him being but beside the duke the show was great and it gave it gave 1700s gossip girl and i loved it during the first season and so the second season with it exhibiting more brown skin can i just say brown women and black women let's team up Let's do that. Let's take this world by storm together. I was so excited to see two brown women being the the centerfold of this season. The story was beautiful. Um, I know some people who don't watch time periods felt like it was too slow. Because I was like, again, I also like to read Twitter to see what people's feelings are as if I'm on the production team and trying to figure out how well we did. I loved it. I loved it. I got it finished in a matter of seven to eight hours. I was really frustrated with myself because at like around like the second or third episode, I'm sitting there like, damn, what the hell am I going to watch now that I didn't watch all of this shit? What am I going to watch? <laughs> and so um, I watched it and I loved it. But again, I like time periods. I, that that was it was more of what it should have been the first season to me as a time period it it went through the phases of that time period the reason why that earlier one went I feel like the the reason why season one went a little faster is because of the Duke and the Duchess because of their love story because of Daphne and and Duke of Hastings love story I think that one was just a little bit faster now when you're talking about a time age romance. Season two is what you get. Now the plot of it was a little was a little shady. It was very much Shonda. It was very very shady. I lived for it. However, tension building and keeping you on the edge of your feet on your feet, keeping you on the edge of your seat and baiting you is what romance. How we look at romance from that time, courting correctly. Um, promenading, asking for permissions, having chaperones, not letting a woman be alone, and trying to get her to feel as if she's falling in love with the process. That's what you get from a timepiece. So I, I, I understood when people were like, eh, it's a little slow, because I will be honest. There were some points where I'm like, we dragging it. Because at this point, <laughs> kiss. Like, at this, like this point, Join the lips. Like, it, it just was taking its time. But Bridgerton did not fail me. I loved it. I think what I also loved about Bridgerton coming back was all the Bridgerton parties. Like, all 
all the parties and I need somebody in St. Louis to throw a Bridgerton theme party. I don't know how I'm going to get the frocks and the wigs and the feathers for it, but somebody make that happen. I was on TikTok not too long ago and someone in LA had a 40th birthday party and it was a Bridgerton themed ball and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And I, it just looks like they had more fun back then. Looked like high society had a grand time um, beautiful gowns, very beautiful gowns. And yes, it just looks, it just looked opulent. I loved it. Um, seeing more of Lady Danbury was like a, a absolute fave. Lady Danbury be giving you them words, them statements, them lines. And I just love watching her come into a scene. She's powerful. She's, you know, she's up there with the queen. She's literally a part of, she is high society, you know? And um, just seeing color, just seeing women of color on the show makes me excited. And it makes me excited because there's not enough spaces for women of color. And um, you have them in this show being a focal point and being a part of it. And I love that we're going to see more of Kate and, and Anthony. Um, like, again, I won't tell too much of the plot, but I love that we'll be able to see them more because he is the Viscount of the Bridgerton family. So we won't stop seeing them. We're going to keep seeing them. They need to bring the Duke of Hastings back. Um, calling Shonda Rhimes, line one, calling Shonda Rhimes. I'm going to speak for the entire delegation. We want Reggae Jean Paul back. I don't know who you got to call. I don't know if you got to call him personally. I don't know if I got to call him personally. I'll do that. I'll even go to dinner if he would like. We need him back immediately. And I love that they gave their baby some color. They gave that baby some color because when that baby was first born, he was a little light. He was he was a little, and I'm like, his, his papa black, so that baby going to get some melanin, right? <laughs> but he did so um that was good um and seeing her and she had a little she has a couple of of moments in the show um the situation between Eloise and Penelope is quite sad you'll see that unfold as well um they did a lot of different storylines this season um just character building from the looks of it uh we we got to see more of Benedict and Benedict is an angel like we got to see more of the family I think the one thing I am confused about is where did Francis go Francis wasn't in this season. I mean, you had, so if you're not, if you don't remember, Bridges and Kids are in alphabetical order. So you have Anthony, you have Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Francis, Gregory, and, uh, or is it George? It's either George or Gregory. It's one of the two in Hyacinth. So you have all those children, but Francis wasn't around. I mean, I know last season she wasn't either. She went on, uh, she went to go be governed and went to go learn and did some schooling. So I'm guessing that's what it was because she was not of age. She went ahead and went back, but Eloise wasn't of age either, but I guess she was right behind the season behind Daphne. So I guess that's why she didn't go off to school. But Hyacinth and I don't I don't know, girl. I we'll figure that out later. And I probably need to read the books because the books are also a part of that. And speaking of books, I need to read my damn Game of Thrones books. I have the very first one and I have yet to open up this book and read it. I lie. I read two pages. <laughs> and I have not been able to move past it. And I don't know why. I guess it's because I already saw it. But I'm going to try it because if you do not know, books are way more detailed than TV shows and movies. Sometimes they even re rewrite the damn plot. 
It's weird. But I was very appreciative of Bridgerton. I'm very obsessed. I'll probably watch it again just because like I did with the Bridgerton the first time. But I'll probably watch it again, especially because there are some that I just did. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I skipped through the Featheringtons. I miss Fe Mama Featherington be irritating me, so I just couldn't do it. But yes, that's what I'm obsessed with these days is um, Bridgerton. So, but let's move right on into the topics. I do want to apologize. This one is going to be a rather lengthy episode because I did want to celebrate my show. So this one may be an hour. So you get a long one from me today. But anyway, so it is my golden year, as I stated before. And what that means for me is living. I'm going to live. If I ain't going to do nothing else, I'm going to live. Um, I'm going to try things. I'm going to walk away from things. I'm going to go to things. And I have a long life to live, God willing, as, as well as politics willing. I have a long life. And it wasn't until I realized how long that life can be until I worked at the office that I worked at. And I don't talk about working that much, and I'm not diving into it. But a lot of my patients that I see are older. And I just wonder... What did they do with their life? Like, and in, in some and some of my patients will tell you, girl, live. That you are, and when they hear how old I am, they're like, you are a baby. Live. Try everything. Do everything at least once. Not drugs, but do everything <laughs> at least once. Go places, travel, get your passport stamped. Just look, see the world. And I want to do that with these last four years before I hit the big 30, which is not a, which is, which I know is not an age to be scared of, but I want to get some things under control pretty much. And so I'm kind of cleaning up and living as I go. So that is the plan. And I, I just want to make this thing called life a little more experienced and a little more fun. So, and I just, I'm excited. I'm excited to be 26. I've officially been kicked off my mom's insurance. So I guess I'm grown now, huh? Guess that's what that means. <laughs> Is that I'm officially a grown ass woman. I am no longer on my parents' insurance. Mm. Don't mean I ain't in their pockets though. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks mom and dad. But don't mean that I'm not in their pockets though, baby. I ain't too grown now. Don't cut me off. But, um... No, seriously, I am looking forward to this year being a year of redemption, being a year of collecting more coins, getting more things done and, you know, on the horizons for me. Like I just, I want to be big. Um, I want my, I want this brand to be big. I want to learn more. I want to, I want to move. <laughs> I want to get the F out of this city. I love home, but I I need to see a different scenery. Like I have to, I can't just see this box. So that's, that's what I'm planning for, for this year is to, to be, it's the year of grown woman, I guess is what I can say and year of walking into grown woman. So with that being said, happy birthday to me and happy year 26 to me. But that's just what I wanted to say about that really quickly because I noticed that I, I said everything about my show but not about me. So, anyway, let's get into these topics, even though I said I already was, but let's get into these topics. So, I'm pulling the chair up to the table to the women. I usually call out the men folk. Today, I'm calling out the women folk. Yes, ma'am. So, y'all know that I am a girl's girl. I'm all for the girls. I'm all for the ladies. I'm all for us. And so I've always wanted to big up my women, support my women, 
applaud my women and be a vessel for my women. But I now understand the statement of I don't always applaud every woman. I don't always stick up for every woman. Because some women, I don't know y'all. Some of y'all just mean and nasty for no reason, no God-given good reason. And I will never understand it. So the reason why I brought this topic up is because I have been scrolling on all of my social medias. I've been out in public and I have seen multiple examples of good old women not being nice to each other. And it is quite weird in the strangest things. So the one topic I do want to like, I want to hone in on the, the whole reason why I feel this way is Women have, we have really been attacking each other lately or throwing each other under the bus lately for the, the appraisal of a young man. And that is dangerous. This is very dangerous. The one place that I see it the most is when a woman says things like, I ain't that type of woman. Men do things for different women and all of that. Right. And I could have sworn I had an episode a couple ways back, but I could have sworn we've seen proof that men going to do what men want to do. They're going to do exactly who they, they're going to do exactly what they do. And they're going to be exactly who they are. There is no refuting it. There's no changing it. You can be the next thing to God. You can be an angel sent from above, but dazzled in diamonds if you want it to be. And a man is still going to choose to do what it is that he does. And I feel like it's very harmful and very, like I said, very dangerous to put out this rhetoric that certain women get the certain treatment that they get because of the type of woman they are. That's not, nah, not feeling it. And, and it, and it's also in line with the good woman statement. What the hell is that? Like, so I was on a uh, TikTok and a creator was talking about her plight as being a, a homebody. And she didn't herself personally say this. So the content creator did not say this. She did not say that this made her a good woman. She just said that people meet her, say they want a homebody, they actually get one, and they still treat it like trash, right? So there was a comment in her comments stating something about, yeah, they don't want good women. We have to get rid of that thought. We have got to get rid of the good woman because that makes no sense. Because you stay at home, because you're the type of woman that likes, that enjoys the presence of her, her comfort of her walls, of her space that she, she created for herself, which is a beautiful thing because your home should be the most comfortable place for you, does not negate that the women who like to step out, who like to go have a good time, travel, enjoy good meals and good time and good atmosphere outside of their home makes them not a good woman. I, I hate when we do that to each other, especially because that pushes misogyny on the other side. That pushes bullshit on the other side. And most times, and let me let me get real close to the mic. And most times that the young men are telling you that you're a good woman because you stay at home is because he out here in these streets hiding something that he know that you're not gonna see because you are a homebody. Like don't don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. I had to learn that early in my 20s because I thought that was a good woman. I'm at home. I'm not out in these streets. I'm boring. I stay at home. I watch movies. I do all that. I'm I'm telling y'all what's my rule. If I ain't been through it, I don't talk about it. I literally had to get rid of that. I was maybe like 21, 22, and I realized 
oh, it's not that I'm a homebody that calls you into that that you like. It's the fact that I ain't gonna run into none of your hoes. That you ain't gonna never have an issue because I don't go nowhere. That you can have all your fun out here in these streets because I don't go anywhere. And that's when I realized that's not a significant, that's not in, that's not synonymous. Hmm. <laughs> that's not a synonym. <laughs> that's not a synonym for a good woman. That's, it's not in the same realm. It's not in the same box. Just because I sit at home and Miss Ma'am on the other side of the road, she decides to go out, have a good time, go to parties, brunches, meals, trips. And she, she decides to live her life that does not negate what a good woman is. I think we got, we just got to get rid of that, that thing. What makes a good woman is her. That the woman, like not, not the characteristics of the woman, but her and everybody's woman is different. Um, everybody's taste in their woman is going to be different. And you should view yourself as a good woman above all before you say anything in conjunction to a man. Like you should find yourself to be a good woman for you, for, for your own moral standing before you put it up against another woman. And I want to pedal back to the, a, a man is going to, to do right by the, by different women. Now that man's going to want who that man's going to want to do right because he wants to do right. Ah, uh, men have said this. Women have said this. I don't know why we keep going back. I don't know why we keep cycling back. I don't know where we like where we lose it after the call came from inside the house from the boys. That men change for themselves. Men change because they get tired on their own. Men change because they want to. Because something in them said, "All right, it's time. <laughs> we can't keep playing these little boy games." It's unfortunate. And that's, and it's unfortunate and you can't, you cannot hold that to yourself and you cannot hold that to another woman. So you can't, and I'm going to say it as my own example. I can't fault the woman who is going to get my ex and get the better part of him. I can't fault myself for that. I can't, he wasn't ready at the time, but that doesn't negate my light. That doesn't turn me down. There was nothing wrong with me other than the stuff that I actually needed to heal for myself, but there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing about my womanhood that caused him to act a certain way because that he's a grown ass man and he has his own actions and does what he wants to do has nothing to do with I. And I can't say he's doing all of that because of that other woman. Now she may require different things that I did, but even if she required those things, doesn't mean that he had to line up with those things unless he wanted to. So again, men going to do what men want to do, regardless of the woman, regardless of the type of woman, regardless of what the woman is doing. It's, it's the man. It's what he chooses to do. I thought we got this down, ladies. I thought we got this. I thought we heard them when they said it. It's many of them on TikTok telling us that it's not us, that sometimes these knuckleheads is not there. They just not ready they just not ready. So that's that on that point. But I'm going to stand on this this one about this good woman shit. Y'all got to quit that. Especially because the most times that y'all doing that, y'all kind of putting down a certain woman that you don't think that you can be. And that's not cool. Um, you Every woman is a light in her own respective right. Um, and I know right now it's a little bit harder with 
with it, it not I don't want to say harder. I can understand a woman feeling as if she doesn't meet the mark or she's not she's not enough for like against these these women that we see on social media. You got to love where you at. You got to love where you at, where you stand at, all of that. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to always rejoice that I am an average everyday woman, nine to five, working girl that clocks in and clocks out every day. I am not taking trips. I want to. I am not taking trips. I do not sit on, on jets. I don't have designer bags. You're not going to see me walking around with a uh, um a patek, a patek, whatever the hell you pronounce it. I can't even pronounce the shit, so you can tell I ain't got no money for it. But I don't have the designer watches, designer shoes, rings, jewelry, Cuban links. No, I ain't got that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have it, and I'm okay with that. But let me tell you something. In my bracket, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the heat in my bracket. And it's okay to say that. And I know it takes a lot to get to that point to be able to be in that space and be like, okay, I'm doing what I got to do for where I sit in my place in this world. And you can get up there, but that doesn't negate it. And I feel like a lot of times when women say that, y'all trying to find a reason to turn down these women that you're looking at. And you cannot, you cannot do that because that it's how, how you're getting treated is not because of these women. We got to watch when we say that. Y'all want all these type of women, these type of women. Do do women, do the women that's on social media getting more likes than the next, do they not deserve love too? Like, I'm not understanding. And I think, I want to toot my horn by saying I think it's because I don't lie to myself. Like, I don't lie to myself when it comes to who look good. Like, if the person, if the women looking good, the women are looking good. But we also, how we feel like men use experiences that they've never been through or ain't gonna be able to obtain at that moment that we meet them against us we do it to ourselves you cannot punish another woman for something that you don't think that you're obtainable to get or that you don't feel like you can do or you feel like you can't get into that room that's not fair those women are not bad women you're not a bad woman you choose what you like to do. They choose what they like to do. But that doesn't that doesn't give you the right to call them bad women. Like, we have to quit doing that. And that's what I mean when I'm saying, like, we, I thought we learned this. I thought we learned this already. Maybe I missed it. But I could have sworn we came to this as a woman de- delegation that men going to do what men want to do, regardless of what we're doing. Thought we got to this, y'all. And the only reason why I keep repeating that is because I never want to make another woman feel no type of way because of what I went through, what she's getting, especially in the terms of different men do different things for different women. Mm -mm. You meet people where you meet them. You know what I'm saying? You may meet somebody in a healing process that, or who ain't even started their healing process and still being destructive to the world. You choose to get out of that. Because then you'll find that man that is in the healing process or have healed or let me not say have healed because healing never ends, but it's in that healing process and it's learning that they have to do better as a person. You may, you may meet them then after you leave that one that's destructive and not really ready to, you know, be at that stage in their life. It's not that it's you are, you were the type of woman that deserved that treatment. Like I do, let's never put that out there. It was the fact that 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 motherfucker wasn't ready, period. 
Like, he, he just wasn't. And I am definitely t- talking to myself here. Um, it, I know it's easier said than done to not take something like that personal and say that. But I also think for the women who are on the other side of getting good treatment and you find out what a, what a man has done to a woman before you or what a man has done to a woman in his past, and you're now using that line, too, as a scapegoat to say, well, different different women bring out different things. No, baby. You got him at a different point in his life. And that's good. That's amazing that he's no longer hurting anyone, that he's understood himself, that he is now ready to be what he should be for his partner. That's great. We applaud it. But we, what we're not going to do is put down the women in his past because they didn't ask for that treatment. And nine times out of ten, they didn't deserve it. So you, you got to be mindful of what you say and how you use it and, and how it comes across as a woman. Like, let's not be mean to each other, especially when these motherfuckers is just down. Some of them is just down, right? Nasty. Nasty. Just just destructive. And, and it's some of them that know they hurting them because we we watching the trend on TikTok. We watch the trends on the TikTok, on the um on the Twitter and in the Instagram. We see it. Some of them like, oh, I do this just just for the fun of it, just to see the reaction. I, I really do that just to see what I can do to get under your skin. That is a trend for some. And some of us are meeting some of them when they're trying to be in this uber masculine feeling of I'm that motherfucker and I, I can treat you how I want to because I'm a man. Some of us are meeting some of them at this time and they ain't even understanding how ugly that is. But that's for them to do. But it's never on a woman. Some of these women do choose to leave and find that man at that particular point. And some of them just happen to find them when they're at that point. It's unfortunately the nastiest game of life. But we gotta quit digging at each other for it, though. We gotta quit. We gotta quit putting the faults that's supposed to be at their feet on each other's feet, and we gotta quit calling each other bad and good women. Like, stop. When we have to, as a community of women, we have to quit doing that. Like for real. Like, I'm. I, it's duality for me. I go out. I got my phases. Like right now, I'm in my brunch phase, baby. Let me tell you something. We brunching all spring, summer, and fall. This is to y'all. The people I hang out with, yeah, I'm talking to you. You better get ready because we getting up. We going to brunch spring, summer, and fall. We having a blast. We might even hop on planes, baby, and have brunch somewhere in a new zip code and a new scenery. But we doing it. But then I'm going to take my ass home because I'm going to be tired. I'm going to need some R&R. I'm going to need to sit down and just chill. It's the duality for me. But but me doing that don't make me a good woman. Oh, and then the cooking and cleansing. That don't make a person a good woman either. I I cook. I cook, but I ain't Betty Crocker. Show late. I ain't a chef. You ain't going to see me slaving in that kitchen. I'm telling you now. So if you see me and you've been thinking about it, you might want to make sure you can do a couple tricks on that stove too, buddy, because it ain't going down. I'm not a chef. I'm not Betty Crocker. I'm not a Stedford wife. If we're going to eat good, we both about to be cooking good. Period. Like, that don't negate a good woman either. So, like, let's quit putting out those dumbass rhetorics that was made by men, literally. And let's throw them away. At least for each other. Because we're supposed to big each other up. And like I said, I'm a girl's girl. And I want the girls to get along now. I want the girls to quit quit being shady to each other. I want the girls to quit throwing stones now. It's not cute. So, yes, that was my thing for today is um, let's be better women to each other period. Let's just do that. So let's jump into jam session. My jam session today is Lotto. 
big lotto. <laughs> so, oh, I actually have two jam sessions, but we're going to start out with lotto. No, we're going to start out with the other one first because this one is going to be a small tidbit. So, No Love Extended by Summer Walker, Cardi B, and um, SZA was released on Friday, this past Friday, and it was the visual concept as well as the single, the Apple Music and stuff like that. But I watched the... Um, the, the video first. Janae Aiko would have been a better fit for the song. Um, I love Cardi B. I think um, her trying to broaden her horizons and see what else she can do is beautiful. And like I was just stating, I don't know if I did this on the show or not. I don't know. I think I did. I did because I was talking about Nikki. So um, as I've stated before, back in the day, a lot of a lot of rap girls remixed with R&B girls. That, that was the thing. They really weren't, you know, doing pop at the time. They were doing R&B. So it was cool when I first, um, when she first put out that the, she was going to be on the extended version. I was like, look at that. We kind of taking a trip down memory lane. We getting back on the R&B trip. Cool. Let's see what we got going on here. What we got, I was not expecting at all. Um, I wasn't really feeling the auto-tune for Cardi B. Um, it just... It didn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I think she, I think her trying was a good thing. I think her, you know, wanted to see what her, her, what she had in her, her book of tricks, her bag of tricks. I think that was cool. I think it was kind of fun for her, I'm sure, to jump on something that was different and to, to sing on a track um, was probably different for her. I just, now that I've listened to the song, think that Janae Aiko would have been a better fit, um, Honestly, if we was going to extend it, we was going to add another. Or Kalani would have been a good fit. Um, but that's just me. She looks beautiful. There's never a time where Cardi doesn't look amazing. Um, so she looks gorgeous. She looks beautiful. I think it was a, a really pretty video. And I think she did well for the visual. Like, I think visually speaking, it was beautiful. I mean, I, they had her in there for 15 seconds, which was odd. Um, she was literally only there for 15 seconds. So, but let's get into the rest of the visual. SZA and Summer looked beautiful. Um, gorgeous. SZA and these poles lately. Give us more. Like, I, SZA looks good, okay? Um, she is the reason why I keep restarting this health journey because me and her used to be the same size. And now look at her. She's gorgeous. And I, she is beautiful. The woman is beautiful. The voice is beautiful. I think everything fit. I, I loved what they were doing. I loved the peaceful in nature, but I'm sexy thing that they were doing. I thought that was cute. Um, you know, Sis's verse is it. I love it. I love the song, period. But Sis's verse does something to me. Something to me. So I, I really enjoyed it. So that was my quick little tidbit about that. But let's get back to Lotto. So uh, Lotto put out her her album, 777, on Friday. And I have, I thought when I first got, when I first saw the track list, I thought it was quite interesting that there's not any women on the album um, I thought that was pretty cool that she has male features on the album. And um, it was different for me. And I, I applauded. I mean, I was kind of looking forward to having at least one woman on there. But I understand if that's not the vibe she was trying to go for and she was trying to showcase her skills. Um, I think it was really big that she got Wayne on there for Sunshine. Um, 
I liked it. I think what she did with this album, and I know that's what she said she was wanting to do, was to show people not to play with her and her pen abilities. And I think she did good. Um, there are certain people that I can't listen to the album with because they just don't see women as something they like to listen to, which is fine. Hey, whatever. But as I listened to it by myself, I think Lotto did great. Um, she delivered um, her her bar levels. I've always been there, and I think she. I I honestly want to say well, exactly what I thought, which is when people give her the ability to be herself and do what she want to do, she delivers her. She delivers amazingly, and I think people should just let her do her thing and let her be. Uh, let her rap. Um, Big Energy Remix also dropped this past weekend and um, this past Sunday, actually. And it was, I, listen, I love fantasy. I love Mariah Carey's fantasy. Baby, baby, come on. Baby, come on. Baby, come on. Now when you walk by every night, talking sweet and looking fine, I get kind of hectic inside. Oh, baby, I'm so into you, darling, if you only knew. I love that. Okay, fantasy is my thing. It's around the time that Glitter came out. And you don't know about Glitter. You ain't a real Mariah Carey fan. They, they said the movie sucked, but it was amazing. But anyway, I love the remix. I really feel like they should have put out the remix first. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know if we were still trying to convince Mimi to get on the song. I don't know. But I do know that... Um, I love the remix. I love the remix. It, the remix sounds way better because it's a play on fantasy. I mean, if you know Mariah Carey, you knew what that beat was when Big Energy came out the first time. I just feel like it needed, it was missing something. And now with her on it, it fits, it flows. It sounds like, it sounds like what it should have sounded like from the beginning. And I, I, I hate that they didn't put it out first. Um, especially since she had already put a visual out for it and everything. I really wish they would have just held off and just waited till Mariah said, okay, I'll join the project. Let's do it. Um, and it's Mariah. Like, you can't go wrong with putting the original back on the song. And it's amazing. It sounds like she rewrote a verse. And I know how I feel about remixes when they rewrite their verses, honey. That's a real remix. So, um, I, I do know that it's a more censored version, which I thought was quite interesting. I don't know if there was something that Mariah asked for, for it not to be as vulgar. I don't want to even say vulgar, but as explicit as the original was. I don't know if that was something that she chose to do. But, um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I wish her nothing but success. Um, I know that she got to number one on the iTunes so far from the accolades that I've seen since I've recorded this. And um, I just, you know, I want more women to win. As much as I stand Meg, I actually want more women to win. I want more women to be, you know, pushed so that we can see multiple women on, on stage and getting the nominations and awards and accolades and plaques. It's time that Lane has been opened and pushed open at this point. So I, I would just want to see it as much as we see the men. Let's also see these women. So um, congratulations to you, Lotto, for their big feature. Um and that beautiful release of an album. And I, I wish many more successful days for you. So that is it for today's episode. Again, I thank you for dealing with me for two years. If you are new to the Lockermate family and you enjoyed this introduction of who I am, go ahead and subscribe and follow the show so that you never miss a Locker Room Wednesday. And I will be back here at the same time, different backdrop at 9 a.m. <laughs> Bye, y'all.